Welcome to the Thrive Vineyard Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our special guest speaker. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit thrivevineyard.com. I am happy to launch our summer series in the Gospel of John, the life of Jesus in John's Gospel. And we've got a great group of speakers. It's not just going to be me all summer. I know, I know. (laughs) It's got a lot of awesome speakers. Now, there's different speakers, some people that have a lot of experience. So we'll have like Wayne up here. We'll have Wendy with people that actually have public speaking experience. But then there's going to be some people that have never done this before. And so you want to give all of your encouragement, all of your grace to them. They're putting on courage, and they're going to get up here uh, and do something that Jerry Seinfeld calls harder than dying. <laughs> so please give them your support. You may also notice that Luke is up here with me. I haven't told him yet, but he's actually going to give the message today. No, um, he's going to support the message today, and he's going to be singing, actually, at various points of the teaching um, to emphasize the message and the heart of, really, the summer, the series. And because today, Luke and I are going to be asking a question of ourselves and of you, and it's a question that demands a yes or a no. It's a question that must be asked every morning, every afternoon, every evening, every night of our lives. And the answer will impact how we think, how we behave, how we live. And it'll impact, really, our impact on the world. And the question is, is he worthy? graduation season, and I thought I would tell a story about a graduation I went to about a year ago this month. It was for my son, Charles. Charlie, many of you know him. He graduated from Grand Canyon University last year, and it was a beautiful day. You know, the parents were there, all the graduates were there, the faculty was there, It was a big celebration. It was totally exciting. And even the president of the university was there to confer upon these qualified individuals their diplomas, their degree that they had been working hard for for at least four years, maybe more. But there was one person that was missing that day. And there was a student uh, who had worked very hard to fulfill her degree and, and done a ton, almost, almost all the work, but sadly, about two or three weeks before the graduation, she died in a car accident, and she could not come, obviously, to the graduation. But her parents were there for her sake, and after she died, the university had to look at all of her work, all of her grades, and they would presume that, of course, she wouldn't be able to take the final exams, but even with those getting zeros in those exams, would she still be able to graduate? Would she still be qualified to get the degree that she had worked so hard for? And we all waited. Well, they called out her her name, 
and they called out her degree. And her parents came forward, and they accepted the diploma on her behalf. And we all rose, and we clapped our hands, and we cried for her uh, because we wanted to honor her, her parents, and the Lord, even in the difficult season. Because even though she died, she was found worthy. Well, did you know John, the writer of the gospel we'll study this summer, he knew a man who he said was worthy, even though he died. John knew a man who told a Samaritan woman about the Messiah. He said to her, I am he. And later, he, the same man that John tells us about told a group of Pharisees, a group of religious leaders, he said, not only am I greater than Abraham, he said, but I am equal with God. When, when, when he said, before Abraham came, I am. And this life, this man, Jesus of Nazareth, this is the he that we're asking questions about, that we're singing about this summer. This is the one whether we're asking whether he is fit to receive our blessing and honor and glory. This is the one and only we are asking the question, but is he worthy? Is he worthy? Is he worthy of all blessing and honor and glory? Is he worthy of this? And for this question, we chose the book of John. The book of John. You know, we have John, book of John. We have Luke. All we need is Matthew and Mark. We'll have the whole gospel up here on the stage. It's the fourth book of the New Testament. It's the final gospel text as told by the son of a fisherman. His name was Zebedee, the fisherman. And the son John was called by Jesus as he was fishing on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. It says in Mark 1, they, John, and his brother James, left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men, and they followed Jesus. So we chose John because the book is unique among the four Gospels. It's different than the other three. The other three are called the synoptic Gospels, but John is different. It's not presenting Jesus as king of the Jews, as in Matthew. It's not presenting uh, Jesus as the perfect Messiah, as in Mark. And it's not presenting Jesus as the perfect man, as in Luke. John presents Jesus as God. The Son of God, not one who was spiritually birthed by God and some spiritual mother, as in the, the book that the, that the Mormons believe, which I, you know, that, that's not what, when we say son of God, it means that he came from God. He was sent by God to come and fulfill a great purpose on the earth, but it also means that he is equal with God. That's what John is claiming. John claims that Jesus is more than a man that he's more than a prophet, that he's more than a teacher, that he's even more than the savior of the world. John is saying, Jesus is Lord. 
Adonai. Now the Lord, the word the Lord means master, ruler. John wants us to believe that Jesus is not just a king, but our king. It means that Jesus gets to tell us what to do. So let me illustrate this. You decide to go out to dinner, and you ha- some of you are maybe vegetarian, but I'm just going to say you have some steak. Maybe it's faux steak, I don't know. And you're having this nice piece of steak, and all of a sudden, you bite off a little bit more than you can chew, and you start to choke. And you can't breathe, and it's getting scary. And then all of a sudden, you start to stand up, and you kind of walk around. I'm choking. I can't, you know? And then somebody in the, in, the, in, the, in the restaurant sees you. They happen to be an EMT. Thank God. They come over. They give you the Heimlich, and they save your life. Wonderful. But then after they saved your life, they turn to you and they say, follow me. Leave your family, leave your home, leave all that you desire, and go to where I send you and do as I say. Now, while we would be very thankful that they saved us from dying, we would uh, think they were a little bit crazy And we would ask them to take a long walk off a short pier because there's a huge difference between somebody who saves and Lord. There's a huge difference. Having a savior is, let's face it, it's pretty easy. All we have to do is two things. Need saving. Okay, if I look at my life, check. I need saving. And two, to believe. When we believe in what Jesus did for us, who he is, we are saved. But having a Lord is very different. It means that I can't be the Lord of my life. It means I must know what the Lord wants me to do. It must mean I must listen to his, learn to listen to his voice It means that I must do what he commands. (laughs) Yikes! Are you like me? Do you love having a Savior, but having a Lord? Not so much. Today we are going to read a first few verses in the Gospel of John, and he's going to set the stage and present Jesus as Lord of the universe, of our lives, and he will help us with that question that we are asking. Is he worthy to be our Lord? Is he worthy? Is he worthy of all blessing and honor and glory? Is he worthy, is he worthy of all blessing and honor and glory? Is he worthy of this? Is he worthy of blessing? Blessing is the giving over of our words, our thoughts, our decision. Is he worthy of our blessing? 
Is he worthy of honor, a reverence and respect that only the Father deserves? Is he worthy of our honor? And is he worthy of glory, the same glory that the Father and the majesty of the creator of the universe, deserving it all, all of it? Well, let's take a look in John to find out if he is worthy. So I'm reading out of the Gospel of John, verse 1. And we're going to start in the beginning. You ready? Okay. First verse. In the beginning. Deja vu. Where have I heard that before? Where have you heard that in the Bible before? Where does it say, in the beginning? Genesis 1. In the beginning of the Bible, it says, in the beginning. And then it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John is drawing a parallel with Jesus and God. It says in John 1.1, in the beginning was the word. The word is translated logos. Logos is the ultimate reality the source from which all things have their being. The beginning of everything, that is Logos. And back in Genesis 1, verse 3, the creator, God, his first words, his first, he basically begins creating with words. Let there be. He spoke the word and the universe came into being. He created with a word. And John continues to make it very clear to us. He says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. He is saying Jesus was there at the dawn of creation. Jesus was there with God at the dawn of creation. Jesus is God, one with the Father, one with the Spirit in his deity. Jesus is a distinct person, but he is one with the Father and Spirit. He is saying, Jesus of Nazareth is God. Now he drives it home in verse 3. Through him, through the Logos, through Jesus, all things were made. And without him, nothing was made that has been made. Got it. Everything made was made through Jesus. Then John says something even more wonderful. Let's read in verse 4. It says, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Not only was the word God, but the word was sent from God to bring light, to bring truth to, the, to us about the universe, about what happens when we die, about how to live holy lives to all of us. So Eugene Peterson calls Jesus' life the light life, the the life light, because his life brings truth to those who walk in darkness. His life light calls to those who are open to something else than darkness, something better. It says in verse 5 in John 1, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. 
In verse 9, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. John is communicating to us that this was the Father's plan from the beginning. Remember the first words that he said in Genesis? Let there be light. Let the world know that Jesus is with me. And I am sending him to reveal us to everyone. I don't want my people to suffer in darkness. But I want to bring them the light of life. Eternal life. Now there is bad news. And even John talks about it in verse 10 and 13. In verse 10. Not everyone is going to receive the light. Not everyone is open to the words of the life light. It says in verse 10, he was in the world, meaning Jesus, the Logos, and through the world, though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Why not? If this light life, this life light was so wonderful, why did people reject him? Why do people still reject him? The answer in John, in, verse, in, in chapter 3, is very simple. <laughs> we love darkness. We tend to hide. We don't like being discovered. We don't like being convicted, naturally. We love our selfish deeds, and we naturally don't want people telling us what to do. If you can't say amen, you've got to say, ouch! But there are some who asked, and there are some who ask today, and there are some who ask, and they will ask. But is there someone who is worthy? Is he worthy? Is he worthy? Is he worthy of all blessing, honor, and glory? Is he worthy? Is he worthy of all blessing, honor, and glory? Is he worthy? Is he worthy of all blessing? Verse 12 and 13, it says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent, not born of human decision or a man's will, but born of God. John is telling us that Jesus' life, or rather the giving over of his life, is the way of our salvation from being cast out from God's presence because of our sin to instead being those who now are adopted into his family as sons and daughters to become acceptable to God, the Father, as one of his very own. And lastly, at the end of our passage, John makes it very, very clear and removes all doubt about who Jesus is. 
the Logos of God. He says in verse 14, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John shouts to us, the word is fully a man, but the word, Jesus, is fully God. So we're going to study John this summer. He's the best witness imaginable. And he testifies and he experienced the power of God in Jesus, the personality of Jesus, the presence of Jesus. And he calls him the one and only son of God. John wants us to believe that Jesus of Nazareth, no, Jesus of heaven is worthy. He's worthy of blessing. He's worthy of honor and glory that we've been singing about. He's worthy of listening to and following and obeying because he is the Lord. He doesn't just want us to be thankful for Jesus and as we would a savior or an EMT that saved us from choking. He wants us to hold Jesus as the master of our lives, the Lord, especially when it's hard. It's easy to obey when it's easy, but it's hard when he says things like he said to Abraham, leave the land of your fathers. The Lord said, sacrifice your son to me. That's hard. He said to Moses, go stand up to Pharaoh. He said to Jonah, go to Nineveh and prophesy against them. He said to Mary, who was not yet fully married, have a baby and call him Jesus. To his disciples, he said something very hard. Leave everything, follow me. And to us, he says, eat my flesh and drink my blood. To us, he says, go forth into every nation and make disciples. To us, he says, wait here for my return. And we're going to hear a lot more this summer from the various teachers, one of them being my wife next Sunday. Some hard commands of Jesus. So let me ask you the question one more time. Is he worthy to be your Lord? Do you find him qualified to command you, to lead you, to send you? Are you willing to give up your life for his glory? Are you willing to step off the throne of your life and let him sit down? Has he demonstrated himself enough for you? Has he revealed himself to you to be more than a prophet, more than a teacher, more than a savior, but Lord, one and only? So if you have, and if you're saying yes in your heart, I have found him worthy. I have some guarantees for you. It will be hard. He does not ask us. I mean, he, his yoke is easy and his burden is light, definitely. But there will be hard days. Obeying him will be hard. It will require us to overcome fears, overcome ourselves. It will probably involve suffering, which will bring us close to him. And it would 
even kill us, meaning our ego, our selfishness. But he will never leave you or forsake you. And you will find in obeying him unspeakable joy. Joy that you didn't even know was possible when you obey him. And lastly, you will be rewarded beyond your wildest imagination. It says in Corinthians 2.9, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no human mind has conceived the things God has prepared for those who love him. So I say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. And to love the Lord is to obey the Lord. Would you pray with me? And then we're going to have Chelsea is going to come up and do some. She's going to lead us in ministry time. And what ministry time is, is just she's been listening throughout the week uh, for what the Lord might say to us, how he might encourage us, how he might comfort us, how he might edify us and guide us. So she's going to come up in a minute. Let me pray uh, for all of you who are maybe, maybe some of you are struggling with this question. Is he really worthy? Is he really worthy of commanding me? Am I really willing to give up my own life, my own stuff, my own dreams and aspirations? Is he really can he really take it from me? Take the command. Oh, Lord, we praise you and thank you, God, for the clarity that your servant John gave us today in the gospel. We thank you that it is clear that he believes and he knew you face to face. He know and he believed that you were worthy of being the Lord. And so, Lord, help us in our unbelief. Help us in our weakness. Help us in our fear of turning over our lives to you, turning over our decisions to you. Maybe we've been hurt, Lord, by others who we have trusted. Help us to trust you, Lord. Help us to trust you, because you are trustworthy. 